You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Welcome back to Sprott Money News. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and with us again is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, happy Friday. Hey, Craig. Thanks a lot. Good to be with you. Uh, Gee, we've had about three or four weeks here when we can all talk about good things that have happened in the uh, press and metal arena. I think you and I doing this must be good luck, Eric. Yeah, that's... I, think, I think it is something like that. <laughs> well, since since we last spoke last Friday, if you count last Friday through yesterday, Thursday, gold's up $90 and silver's up $0.94. Cents. I guess the, the simplest question, Eric, is what the heck is going on? Yeah. It, it's almost hard for us to imagine. You know, I know people would have suggested, you know, gold can go up 500 uh, sorry, 50 to 100 uh, Dollars in a pop, you know that's really hardly ever happened. I think I think gold had that kind of move maybe once in the last fifteen years. Uh, so obviously something has changed, and I think the thing that's changed is it's it's really the way people are perceiving uh, risk assets, if you will. Uh, with the biggest feature being the weakness in the financial arena particularly the feature of the Deutsche Bank and Credit Suisse and some of these European banks, uh, that it's brought to the forefront the risks in banks. And, for example, when you see Deutsche Bank has a type of bond called a cocoa bond, which can be converted into uh, equity, when you see that bond trading at 70 cents in the dollar, what the bondholder is saying is, you know, they're going to force me to convert. Well, if they got to convert, you know, what's the price going to be of Deutsche Bank shares when they can really almost suggest that Deutsche Bank shares might be worth nothing, uh, which is entirely a strong possibility that when you think of all the derivative positions these banks have in the volatility of all of the financial markets, whether it's the Japanese yen rallying 10% or stocks falling 20% or high-grade yields uh, skyrocketing, man, we've got a lot of losses out there on these derivative positions. And, of course, somebody's not going to be able to pay because we're talking gargantuan amounts of money. So I think the risk of the financial system is what is driving people into gold. That, and in a way, the technical action. But the technical action is really a function of people perceiving the risk, in my mind. And it has been rather impressive. We've we've finally made some new highs, Eric. It, we've been in a downtrend for three years with uh, lower lows and lower highs. We finally made some new highs, so maybe we're onto something. You know, a lot of folks uh, are hearing this week about something that you and I have discussed and, and wondered about uh, for quite some time, and that is the acronym NERP, which stands for Negative Interest Rate Policy. We're seeing that around the globe. That's hard on banks, too. Can you kind of explain for folks why negative interest rates are good for gold, too? Well, you know, it, it's fascinating, Craig. I mean, we are, we're all pulling our hair out wondering what happened in Japan. You know, they announced NERP, which I presume is to devalue their currency. Their currency immediately revalues by about 10%, which was totally shocking. Their stock market gets bombed out, which I think was... They expected stocks to go up, but it got bombed out. Uh, there was a Forex expert saying, you know, all these things that these central banks are doing are now backfiring on people. Uh, and I, I, I can't specifically say why in the market they're backfiring other than, you know, the traders might have had a positions that presumed that, oh, yeah, the Bank of Japan will come along and, uh, and uh, depreciate the yen. And meanwhile, it starts it starts appreciating, and all the guys are back-footed on it, and they got to 
you got to cover their positions. But to your specific question, NERP versus gold, uh, first of all, if you really had to pay to keep money in the bank, most of these policies, quite frankly, are causing it. I think most of them are tending to hold the deposit rate at zero. But in theory, if the mega rate went to zero, well, why would you leave your money in the bank? You'd want to take it out of the bank. As much as you safely thought you could hold in your own hot little hands or in your mattress or whatever, uh, which, of course, would be devastating for the banks because they have assets on the other side that they can't liquidate at as fast as you can take your deposit out. Um, and then, of course, the next iteration of that is, well, maybe I should try to buy some asset that's going to appreciate. And um, seeing as how gold has had a pretty good year here so far and how gold over history has has appreciated essentially not every year but throughout the years it's always appreciated that it seems to be an obvious choice for where you might put that cash rather than having a new mattress or you know stuck away somewhere that you have some risk of uh, theft so i think it's a, a very uh, compelling reason for people one to fear banks because a bank with a, a NERP policy, their, their margins are compressing, their earnings are going down. They might have a run on their assets in the sense that people take the deposit and then they have to sell an, uh, an asset to to pay off the uh, to pay off the cash withdrawal. So all those things are very very positive for gold. And we're seeing it play out, no doubt about it. Here's a stat for you that doesn't get a lot of press. Probably not going to see this one in the Wall Street Journal, where they want to call it pet gold pet rocks. But since the beginning of 2015, the stock market in the U.S. now down about 10%, while gold is up about 5%. That's You would think that would get more press, wouldn't you, Eric? <laughs> well, and probably the more interesting thing, Craig, is I don't know what the market's down this year, but let's say it's down 15%. And- and gold's at probably 15% or 17%, whatever the number is. I mean, that's, that's a lifetime of outperformance. You know, when you outperform something by 30% in the, in the financial business, that's a lifetime of outperformance. That's quite stunning. And, um, you know, based on sort of my view of the economy, the fact that I believe we're in a recession, we never really uh, came out of a recession of 07, 08. Uh, the the data is the the published data says we do, but I don't really think we did. And there was huge efforts that had to be taken to try to keep it together, i.e., uh, printing money and zero interest rates and you know uh, zero down payments on car loans and all those things that allowed consumption to kind of stay steady state. Um, so I just think that, uh, that these trends of the stocks going down and gold and precious uh, metals going down is very, very likely to continue. Uh, we have a weekend coming up here where China's, Chinese markets are going to open up. I think one of the big risks in the world is China. Got, I mean, we all know that they expanded the debt by massive multiples of where it was a decade ago. And uh, obviously a lot of that was malinvestment when you see what's happening to the prices of the products that uh, that they're producing. So I think the market is uh, set up for a big decline here. And if we come in on uh, Monday and we get a big decline in the Chinese market, I think uh, we'll see the precious metals continue to run here. Speaking of equities, Eric, the, the mining shares have had just a tremendous three weeks 
the the HUI, the HUI, the, which I follow all the time, is up something like 60% in three weeks. Have they come too far too fast, Eric, or is this just the world waking up to how greatly undervalued they are? You know, Craig, I love that question, and I'll tell you why. Uh, so the Yuri index is at 160. I think the peak was about 640 or 300% higher than today. Mm-hmm. 300% higher than today. In a lot of countries, gold is at record prices, whether it's the Russian ruble, the Australian dollar. In Canada, they're almost at record prices in Canadian dollars. And therefore, stocks of gold producers in those countries can't you would imagine if you get back to the previous highs and uh, some of the input costs are going down, uh, they're much more efficient, they're probably less irresponsible as management in terms of wasting money. So I think the upside on maybe the stocks is unbelievable. I can, every time I look at a stock these days, I just take the, uh, the current production, put in the margin, multiply, calculate a cash flow, and they all look cheap. And the reason is, that every 50 bucks on um, the price of gold is an extra 50 bucks per ounce of cash flow, mm-hmm. other things being equal. And uh, so their their earnings are changing dramatically. Probably the best way of explaining is if guys cost for 1000 the price of 1100 is making 100 If it's 1200 he just doubled his profit, doubled his profit, doubled the stock price. 1300 he triples his profit, triple the stock price. So I think a move of 60% uh, is certainly not the end of the game here. When these stocks want to run, they run big. And uh, I know I was very active last year in, in buying things for my own account, and I'm buying things now. I'm even buying some, you know, pre-development companies because everyone's going to revalue uh, the gold stocks. It's very interesting to see that we've had some pretty good stock issues this week. We had an $800 million issue by Franco Nevada, we had uh, something like $200 million by Cisco Royalties. I know that uh, I've heard from various companies we've seen all sorts of bids from the underwriters for um, stock issues. So the money is there to come back in, and uh, the price is doing what, it sh- what it's, we've always imagined it should do, and I think there's a lot more to come. Eric, I hope you're right. I'm, I'm a sh- I, I own a few shares as well, as I suppose most everybody listening to us uh, does. It has been an interesting week. It's going to be an interesting week next. As you mentioned, China, there have been some trading in Hong Kong late this week, but China's been out for their New Year celebration. They return on Sunday. It's, actually, it's a three-day weekend here in the U.S. with the markets closed on Monday, but obviously we'll be trading spot and, and electronically the metals. I don't know. What do you? I don't want to put you on the spot. What do you expect next week? Do you, do you think we can continue? Do you think we need to pull back and rest a little bit, or do you, is it just impossible to say? Well, you're always tempted to say on a fundamental basis it would continue. As you know, Craig, there are always forces at work in the COMEX that can uh, blunt a rally because uh, the commercials have the deepest pockets in the world. Uh and, and, and if they've increased their shorts dramatically here by selling to all the buyers that came in, uh, they could cause a hiccup. Uh, what I see happening on the street and in the institutions is that they're pouring money into gold. And, of course, I've always known that the physical demand for gold is greater than the annual supply, and I think the Western banks are probably 
back on fumes in terms of how much gold they have that they can still sell. So fundamentally, it should go up. Uh, I think one of the things that we should uh, uh, just think about, we have, for example, in silver, 800 million ounces of silver essentially sold short. Mm-hmm. And, and it's gone up a couple of bucks. Like that's 1.6 billion of losses that have been sustained by those people. And mostly the commercials, right? And is there going to be a commercial meltdown here? Um, it could happen. I mean, if, if the world just keeps buying uh, these products, the shortage starts to manifest itself. Everyone hears that there's no gold. Of course, then they got to buy more gold and more silver. And it can get out of hand. And one of the bigger stories that's going on in the um, financial communities, kind of like the loss of control that the central banks are now experiencing. None of the policies are working. I mean, whether you raise rates by yelling, your market gets hammered. You, you go, you reduce rates uh, by Japan, the market gets hammered. It, it just sounds like there's, you know, they've lost control of things. And uh, so on a fundamental basis, I certainly think it's going up. One always has to be aware that you can have one of these uh, checkbacks, or maybe you got to check, check back to the breakout at uh, $1,200. And on a technical basis, that would seem like a logical thing that might happen. But I think the all the uh, uh, conditions are in place for a, a sustained rally in precious metals. I'm with you, my friend, and I very much look forward to speaking with you again next week. I wish you a, a, a fun, relaxing weekend, and, and I look forward to talking to you next Friday. All the best to you, too, Craig. And, uh, you know, it's always fun to meet every week and talk about how wonderful the previous week was. So let's hope we get to do it again next week. I'll look forward to it. And from everybody here at Sprout Money News, thank you for listening and have a great weekend.